Hi, and welcome to Data Futurology. In this podcast, we discuss how data is creating our future. Specifically, we cover applications of analytics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. We discuss career tips for data scientists on how to lead and create value from data. And also, what are the current and future challenges in data science? In this podcast, we interview current leaders in the data space, such as heads of and directors of data science and data engineering, chief data scientists and chief data officers to find out straight from them what were the lessons they've learned in their careers which have helped them get to where they are today. My name is Felipe Flores and I have over 15 years experience in the data space where I've worked on everything from data warehousing to reporting and business intelligence to machine learning and artificial intelligence. I hope you enjoy this episode. In this episode, we speak with Takaharu Tsuda. He is the practice director and head of data science at Think Big Analytics in Tokyo, Japan. We, in the episode, we talk about uh, his journey and how he got to where he is now. Uh, he's been in consulting for a while, uh, working in Japan, so he tells us about lots of interesting applications of data science in many Japanese industries. Uh, he gives us uh, an insight to the language translation by telling us what, well, what is the translation of data science in Japanese, and it ended up being a term that has hurt the industry a little bit, and he tells us uh, about uh, how that's being improved at the moment and, and what happened there. Uh, he tells us about the three three skills or three layers of skills required in data scientists in order to become a great data scientist. Uh, he shares with us how he runs his team, how he works with clients, and it's a really good insight to what's happening in Japan at the moment. I hope that you enjoy the podcast. It was a really interesting conversation. Uh, let me know what you think. Hi, this is Felipe Flores, okay. and I'm sitting here with Takaharu Tsuda. How are you hey, doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm good, and yeah, I'm very honored to have this uh, interview with yourself. Ah, thank and, you very yeah, much. I'm very look forward to. Uh, I was looking forward to this interview. Me and, too. Me too. Yeah. Thank you very okay. much uh, for giving me the opportunity to mm. interview you, mm. and uh, thank you very much for hosting us here mm. at your office in Tokyo. No problem. No problem. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, at the beginning uh, of the interviews, I always start by asking uh-huh. about your early days uh-huh. and how you got started. Okay. Um, how was that journey for you? Okay. So I started my career as programmer in IBM. Well, that was a long time ago, a quarter century ago. And <laughs> since then, in IBM, I promoted to system engineer and promoted to project manager in a few years. Uh, mainly my uh, customers were automotives. As you know, Japan is the country of automotives. Mm. So uh, we have many automotive customers in IBM, but I got bored <laughs> of the IBM carrier. Yes. So that was the uh, mid-1990s, and every computer engineer did the same thing. Uh, programming, the system engineering, the, the, they all do the same thing, and the, uh, they follow the same promotion. So I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to school, uh, trying to find something interesting. And I actually studied econometrics in Temple University in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. So econometrics is a mixture of statistics and economics. Well, I focus on the quantitative side of the economics. And coming back to IBM after finishing the graduate school, 
I started the data science career. And since then, I delivered the uh, data science consulting uh, for customer in IBM, SAS, and this company, Teradata, Tinkerbell Analytics. That's how I came to this position. That's okay? fantastic. Okay. And also, I uh, earned a PhD uh, in computer science uh, in Pearl, uh, doing the uh, uh, consulting business to the customer. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So did you do the the PhD at night time after work? Yeah, or night. how? Yeah, actually, PhD, it is yeah, just the uh, uh, co-collaboration work uh, with student and the uh, professor. So uh, it doesn't have to be the uh, any fixed timing. So I, I, I could do the uh, in night time. I could do the uh, in uh, Sunday, Saturday time frame. So uh, I can do uh, using uh, any time that is uh, free to me. Okay. Great. Okay. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Well done. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take you to do Actually, the PhD? It, it took the uh, five, six years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it yeah. was very tough. I bet, yeah. yeah but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. And I wanted to ask you about um, interesting problems or applications mm. that you've solved uh, or seen in, mm. in your career. Uh, what would be some, some of those? Okay. Well, uh, I started the data science consulting in 2001. Uh, that is uh, 17 years ago. One seven, 17 years ago. And yes. nobody knew data science then. And actually, uh, people call it the uh, data warehouse. Mm -hmm. Data warehouse, data science, they are very different two things, right? But yeah, they didn't uh, distinguish those two, actually. But so I had to start from exp explaining what is data science and why data science is necessary to business. And if customers do not understand what it is and why it is good, they wouldn't buy it, right? Mm. <laughs> and you can do the data science business for them. So I was data science, but at the same time, I was salesman too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so challenge was this. So to tell customer what's value to their business and deliver data science service to meet their expectation, that is a challenge. And if value is low, a perceived value is low, then customer wouldn't buy. Mm -hmm. But if expectation is too high, and you cannot, then you cannot satisfy them. So uh, that is the... Uh, um, double-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. So to overcome the challenge, what I did was the very basic thing, uh, understand customer problem, translate customer problem into the data science program, and I'm confident about data science program, and manage the expectation, solve the problem, and translate uh, data science program back to the business term and get customer buying. So what that's what I did to overcome the challenge. So, so th that's how I solve the problem along the way. So. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Mm -hmm. And um, in in recent years, mm -hmm. have your your customers uh, have they more been uh, Japanese companies or international companies? Uh, in fact, uh, most of the customer was Japanese. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, thank you. Thanks mm -hmm. for doing this. Um, thanks for doing this in English first. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and uh, I imagine that. The, the perspective of, of data science, um, mm. well, I wanted to get some other perspective of, of data science um, in Japan and mm. some of your, your personal uh, mm. views. Mm -hmm. what, what are your, your views mm. and your philosophy of data science? Okay. It is my philosophy as well as the uh, Think Big Analytics, this company's philosophy is too. In mm. fact, I was surprised that the, uh, my philosophy actually uh, coincides 
actually coincides with the uh, philosophy that this company has. Actually, so philosophy Great. is their business outcome. So, so a business outcome means the um, customer should have the benefit in terms of the business uh, as a result of their doing the data science. So that's the uh, philosophy. So uh, let me explain. So uh, uh, in order to do the uh, business, uh, uh, have the business outcome, so we should be mindful how data science can be used in customers' everyday decisions. So, uh, but there's one big problem here in Japan. So that is lost in translation. Mm-hmm. I normally speak in Japanese, but the uh, people uh, would like to understand the data science in English. Uh, but the, the data science is in English, but the data, when that is translated into Japanese, we call it bunseki. B-U-N-S-E-K-I, bunseki, mm-hmm. okay? So the Japanese term for the bunseki, bunseki actually means the pure scientific research in ivory tower, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> so therefore, people sometimes uh, misunderstand the uh, data science as the uh, pure uh, scientific research in ivory tower, yes. which is the uh, big mistake. Mm. So uh, uh, the... the Translation from data science into the bunseki, uh, actually that is very misleading, okay? So, so uh, uh, that is very static misunderstanding and the, uh, uh, that people actually uh, misunderstand it as a reports uh, that uh, talks about the uh, past story, to, uh, reports that talks about the uh, what result of the data analysis, which is very static, but, mm-hmm. but I say no yes. to that misunderstanding. Uh, data science should be more dynamic and that should be constantly evolving practice, right? So analyzing data, building models, making reports, that is not the end of the story. <laughs> so that should be the 10% of the total data science journey, okay? So uh, what's more important is the uh, get customer buying and uh, deploy the uh, model that has been built to their IT system so that customer themselves do better everyday decision, everyday decision. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how uh, they, how I say, uh, they utilize the uh, efficacy that uh, data science bring to their customers' side. Okay, so uh, we shouldn't finish by making reports. Okay. Mm-hmm. But people are sometimes think about the uh, making reports in the end of the story. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's the uh, big mi- mistakes. So what, uh, what, what I think as a philosophy is this. So, uh, adoption of the data science into their business operation is essential. And data science should also keep improving the models that have been built to the maintain effects. So, uh, we shouldn't finish by making reports. We should be, uh, data science should be more dynamic and put into the customer's uh, IT systems so that they can enjoy enjoy the uh, fruit of their data science. That's so that's right. my uh, philosophy. That's really great. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, once, once the models are being used mm-hmm. by the customer, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you keep track mm-hmm. of the efficacy and, and how good the models are well uh, if so for example uh, let's take the uh, example of the uh, marketing or CRM analytics okay mm-hmm. uh, sometimes CRM and uh, objective of CRM analytics is the higher propensity to buy 
uh, higher response rate from the customer. Yeah. So uh, let's say uh, customer's focus is the higher response rate. Okay. So uh, by creating the model, uh, I believe you can get the higher response from the customer if you have the clear target. Okay. But uh, models. If you build models for so for example today is the May thirty first, model built on the May thirty first will become obsolete on June first. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yes. So uh, uh, models that is a very ex, uh, extreme uh, expression, but the uh, uh, models is becoming uh, obsolete day by day. So you have to keep keep it fresh uh, and see the efficacy of the model uh, by monitoring how accurate the targeting will be and how good the response rate from the customer is. Mm -hmm. So keep monitoring the uh, efficacy. If that uh, de uh, deteriorate, then you have to take action. So take action is the rebuild the model or uh, have the fresh data to the model so that the model can generate the uh, updated uh, result uh, from the system. Yes. So uh, that's another reason why I uh, model deployment to the IT system is important. So making a report that is very static, but that should be very dynamic uh, to be uh, very up to date, right? So, uh, so, uh, the, so to answer your question, how we see the efficacy, so uh, that is uh, how uh, uh, more, uh, constantly monitoring the, the uh, efficacy of the uh, model uh, should be the key. If that data is, you should take action. So that's my answer. That's great. Does that answer your question? Yes, yeah. definitely. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's really good. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and in your in your career, you've um, you've had to hire a lot of mm. um, a mm. lot of data mm. scientists and mm. a lot of people for your team. Mm -hmm. What what are some elements uh, that you look for in, mm. in a data scientist? Okay, so uh, for simplicity, let's talk about the uh, uh, narrower sense of the data science, uh, which is the statistics and AI. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, skill set has the uh, three three layers. So to to my opinion, so uh, foundational layer, second layer, and top layer. So let me explain. So foundational layer is theory. Okay. So uh, the data science, every data science should know the uh, theory, like the uh, statistics, mathematics, machine learning, deep learning. Everybody should know that uh, because that that is how uh, they can uh, build the uh, difference uh, from the another uh, uh, in principle. Okay. So a second layer is implementation. <clears throat> so uh, by implementation, I mean programming. Our Python, SAS, MATLAB. There are many ways to <clears throat> program. Uh, and every, uh, every data science should be able to do uh, whatever uh, languages uh, that they prefer. <clears throat> and top layer is consulting because the data science should be able to talk in business term. So therefore, uh, she should have the industry knowledge, uh, industry domain knowledge, and, and as well as the, she should know the consulting techniques. Yes. Uh, if the, uh, she doesn't have the consulting techniques, she, she cannot draw the opinion from the customer. Right? So. Uh, However, I think it's, yeah, it is rare to find a single person who knows everything. Mm -hmm. So, but every data should, science should know the uh, foundation layer at least, and there's some programming uh, 
experience or skill as a second layer, uh, that would be sufficient condition. Okay. But, <clears throat> okay. No, that should be the uh, condition. Okay. Okay. Yes. Both of them do not have to be perfect, but if you can find someone who has everything, then she should be the superstar. Okay. <laughs> 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 and she should be the top. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Mm. And out of the, out of the three layers, mm? which one do you think is the most difficult to find in people? Well, uh, in my opinion, that is the uh, top layer, uh-huh. uh, consulting layer. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, people are new to the data science because the uh, people are very new. Uh, people, uh, think data science is the uh, quantitative uh, practice, uh, which is true. <clears throat> but the uh, uh, theory, you can study yourself <laughs> by reading a book. Yes. Okay? And programming, you can study yourself. Okay? But consulting, you cannot. Mm-hmm. You, you should do, uh, do the, uh, uh, actually do the consulting with customer, so, uh, which requires some time. We requires uh, some experience uh, to become good at uh, the consulting, right? So uh, I have many candidates uh, who knock the door of the third data this company, mm-hmm. but the, uh, it is rare that the uh, candidate have the uh, consulting skill too. Uh, they o- almost always they have the uh, data science uh, theory. They have the uh, some programming skill. Uh, almost everybody has it, but the, uh, if, uh, if they have the consulting skill on top of it, that differentiates. Yes. And the, uh, but that is the most difficult part for the type of people who would like the uh, quantitative theory, right? So, yes. uh, so those two are very, uh, two very different, uh, practice, very, very disciplines. So, uh, it is very rare for the data science to have that kind of a consulting skill. So, uh, so that's very rare and that's the most difficult part. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so true. Mm. And with the people in your team, mm-hmm. are there ways that you that you teach them the consulting skills mm. or you help them improve? Are yeah. there any ways that you help them uh, develop that? Mm. Latter part is true, actually. So uh, um, the good side, or very luckily, uh, Teradata have many uh, enterprise customers. Mm-hmm. So uh, whenever we do the data science, we have the uh, customer on the other side. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so therefore, uh, there should be always a case where we have to uh, interact with customer. And the, uh, uh, the way I uh, educate team will be this: put the data science into the meeting room with the customer, so that the, I can train them. To, uh, uh, interact with customer, consult with customer, they cannot do actually <laughs> yeah. in the first, uh, at the first uh, initial stages. But the uh, uh, gradually they pick up, and this way they uh, accumulate uh, the skill uh, to do that. So that's the one way to do that. Yeah. But the another way is the uh, candidate already have the uh, uh, consulting skill. So for example, if they came from the uh, consulting firm. Mm. Uh, no, very naturally they have it, right? Yeah. But uh, in that case, yeah, it is rare that they have the uh, data science skill. So uh, it is very dif- uh, difficult for them to uh, bo- have both of them. Yes. But I was lucky. Uh, I started as the uh, 
data science as well as the sales person, right? So, uh, yes. so I had the uh, uh, very different two uh, skill set uh, from the start. So that, that's why I say I am very lucky. Okay? <laughs> but anyway, so uh, uh, that's how I uh, teach or educate team uh, to give me the, that skill. That's really yeah. great. Uh, Thank you. Mm. And um, talking about your, your team, mm? um, how is your team structured? What mm. is the, the mm. structure okay. of the team? Okay. So my team, um, my data science team has the three layers. Okay. So uh, I, I should say three job level. So uh, I shouldn't use the same terminology with the uh, layer of the skill. Okay. So uh, three job levels. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, the most junior level that is I call it a staff data scientist uh, who has the uh, very fundamental foundational skill and the second layer some programming skill. So uh, they are the junior staff data science. That's uh, lay, uh, level number one. So level number two. That is senior data scientist, and the top one, a principal data scientist. And I am a director, so I'm heading the form team, but yeah, under myself, I have three job levels. Okay? Does that answer your question? Yes, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, that's, re that's really good. Mm. Um, and that would be the, the whole team. Mm. And how do, you, uh, how do you run your team? How does it, does it work, the mix between, I guess, consulting and your own work? Yes. So, so I am director of the data science practice. So under myself, uh, as I said, there are principal, senior, and staff data scientists. And staff data scientists do statistical, machine learning, and data deep learning models, and they just do modeling. So mm -hmm. they just do the quantitative uh, practices. Okay. And senior data scientists, uh, senior ones have the uh, more responsibility as compared to the junior. So, uh, which is the uh, interacting with customer, help sell the data science services with sales team, mm -hmm. and yeah, if a uh, contract is made, then uh, they start planning their project management, schedule people, something like that, right? Yeah. And yeah, after uh, uh, project is kicked off, then uh, they have to manage project. So that's the uh, uh, enhanced responsibility as compared to the junior. So that's why they paid more, okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And also, uh, the uh, principal data scientist. So, principal data scientist, the uh, further responsibility, like the uh, people management of the uh, sub team. So, I have the uh, several uh, uh, principal data scientists. They have the uh, uh, industry verticals. Okay. So, uh, under the industry vertical, they have the senior and the junior data scientist, and and they also uh, assign the uh, projects to the people. So they have the uh, right authority to assign project to the uh, people like the senior and junior data scientists mm -hmm. and yeah, if a uh, problem have some problems then uh, they uh, they supervise project and jump in the project to help uh, help the project okay yes. so simply put so my way of the running the team is the uh, define those roles and let people do the roles so Yes. So uh, myself as director, I, I, I do long-time planning and recruiting, staffing, skill development, and marketing activities such as this interview. Okay? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Okay. That's really good. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting mm. that um, I guess all throughout the, the different levels, mm. uh, you expose the data scientists mm. to the sales component. Mm -hmm. they, they get to work with the, mm. with the salespeople. And then they do the project management, they do the people management. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good way to, mm -hmm. 
to build up Thank good you. data science. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to ask you about the the industry verticals that you mm -hmm. mentioned that the principal data scientists work mm -hmm. in. Uh, that's that's a really interesting idea uh, mm -hmm. of having principal data scientists for the vertical. Mm -hmm. How how did that come about? Mm. How did it come about? <laughs> can you tell me? Uh, can you specify your question? Yes, definitely. So, um, where where did that idea uh, come from, uh -huh. and how do you find that it it works? Okay. Well, uh, actually, it came uh, partly from the uh, how this company structures. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, the way. Uh, service organization of this company that is called uh, Thinkbeak Analytics actually. So uh, uh, they have the uh, similar structure like the uh, industry vertical. So mm -hmm. uh, to talk about the industry vertical, we have the automobile, we have manufacturing, and the uh, electronic commerce, and the uh, telecommunications, banking, in, uh, insurance, many industries, but yes. the uh, uh, all the uh, uh, service people, they are aligned to the uh, any one of the uh, industries uh, so that the, they can specialize mm. in the industry domain knowledge. Uh, let me explain why. Okay, yeah. so uh, acquiring the uh, uh, firm skill like the uh, uh, data warehouse, data science, data engineering, uh, that is a matter of the uh, studying yourself, right? But the uh, acquiring the knowledge of the uh, industry vertical, industry domain knowledge, uh, it takes time, mm -hmm. okay? So uh, reading book is not enough. You have to talk to the customer, uh, understand the customer problem. So uh, sometimes the uh, industry domain knowledge is sometimes tacit, okay? Yes. Not very ex explicit sometimes. So uh, they have to uh, spend some time with this customer understand the customer pain and the understand customers how I say wish mm -hmm. uh, understand customer uh, industry future so uh, that takes some time to acquire the skill so uh, that's why uh, that's I think why uh, the, uh, this company would like to uh, have the uh, industry vertical way of the online organizing the service uh, team yes so I follow uh, the part 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 of the reasons why I put this kind of DL organization is the, uh, I would like to follow the way uh, this company structure uh, the service portfolio. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's a really good idea because mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely. So much of the industry knowledge mm -hmm. is, is tacit, mm -hmm. and um, people have to get exposed to to many customers and being able to speak to many mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. to be able to get that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really good, mm -hmm. and. Um, Staying on the on the topic of your team, mm -hmm. um, how how do you get the best out of your your team? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, your question was the how do I get the best out of my team, right? So actually, data science is the uh, multifaceted, and everybody has advantage and disadvantage. So uh, so for so for example, theory there are many theories. Mm -hmm. Second layer. Uh, Programming, so many programming languages, right? Top layer, many industries. So uh, there are many factors, the uh, many layers, the uh, mm -hmm. so uh, that is uh, many times many. So <laughs> it yeah. is huge, right? <laughs> so uh, because everybody has advantage and disadvantage, nobody understand everything. So uh, you should match the uh, advantage of the individual 
with the uh, product project requirement. Mm -hmm. If the project requirement is the uh, financial sector and the uh, CRM, then uh, you should the, uh, assign the, uh, some, some data scientists who are good at the financial sector, who are good at the CRM, right? So, uh, so but uh, matching those two factors, uh, skill and the requirement, it is always headache, okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if, this, uh, if the matching is successful, then uh, the success is far longer than project that we do now because the uh, because one success gives us credibility to build long-term relationship with customer rather than just the uh, one success in one single project yes so uh it is headache but the, uh, it is uh very fruitful if uh, successful okay exactly mm -hmm. exactly that's really good mm -hmm. um that's really good thank you and how how do you if somebody's been working on on one area, mm -hmm. um, how do they then get exposed to to new areas? Mm -hmm. And that might be um, maybe the industry mm -hmm. or maybe the type of work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, how do you do it so they get to see uh, new things? Mm. So let's take an example of the uh, automobile sector and the uh, telecommunication sector, mm -hmm. okay? So automobile sector, the way we do the project is something like this, okay? So take IoT data from the car or take IoT data from the factory, mm -hmm. okay? The uh, IoT data is big. And the, uh, what they would like to do with the IoT data is the predictive future. Mm -hmm. So what is the future? So future is the uh, maybe this car or this parts of the car may get broken in 30 days mm -hmm. uh, with a probability of the 60%, something like that. Yes. So that is the future. So the, the, that is a prediction that we would like to make. They would like us to make, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, so that's IoT analytics. So uh, uh, it, uh, the uh, data science who are assigned to the, uh, this kind of the project uh, acquire the skill of the IoT analytics, right? Mm -hmm. But that skill is good not only to the automobile, but to the telecommunication sector too, okay? So telecommunication takes, so for example, smartphones. So smartphones have the uh, many signals with the uh, uh, centers, right? Uh, signals with the GPS, signals with the center, signals with the uh, web, log, web log, so many signals. So, uh, uh, so the experience that they took doing their data science, I don't know, doing their uh, automobile IoT analytics, that the same skill can be applied to the internet communications analytics, right? Yeah. So, uh, so this way, uh, the area that you can uh, you got as the experience uh, can be applied to the another area. So th that that is uh, naturally possible. So this way, uh, you can uh, transfer. Uh, that uh, guy, uh, in, uh, data science guy in the automobile to the telecommunication sector. Mm -hmm. So uh, that applies to uh, many places. Yes. So this way uh, you can uh, transfer from one uh, skill to another, uh, one industry to another, one uh, domain knowledge to another. So, uh, yes. so that's how. So by uh, doing the many projects, uh, you can acquire many uh, industry knowledge, many domain knowledge, many uh, specialties okay? yes mm. exactly yeah. oh that's really good mm. um yeah it definitely would 
um, I can see the the creativity behind it and putting all the all the pieces mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why before you were saying that it sometimes it can be a bit of a headache mm-hmm. because there's so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But that's really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so that's really good for to develop the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to ask you what what would be the the way for uh, for people to mm-hmm. to go to start developing themselves as a as a leader in, mm. in data science. Okay. What are your thoughts there? Okay. How you can become a data science leader, right? So, yeah. uh, so my recommendation actually is to experience business consulting. So uh, in fact, I discussed that the uh, business consulting or top layer is the most difficult part, right? Mm. So, uh, so every data scientist is good at pure data science, right? So it is natural because they are, because they are data science, uh, because they are, uh, they are good, very good at data science, right? So, so, uh, but if you have the consulting engagement skill that helps you stand out and helps you lead the team. So, in fact, I, as I said, I was lucky. I had to do the sales. And while doing the data science, and that experience now helps me a lot. So, so uh, to become a leader, so uh, for data scientists, uh, knowing data science is natural. Okay, mm-hmm. that is considered to be the uh, uh, bread and butter. Okay? Yes. But what differentiates is the uh, consulting, or what differentiates is the uh, customer facing, what differentiates is the uh, project management. Uh, something that is not normally uh, the part of the data science, uh, hard uh, science of the data science part. Uh, that is the uh, most difficult part, and mm. yeah, that's the differentiation, right? That's so right. That's how you can become the leader, to my understanding. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Get the get the other mm-hmm. skills that mm-hmm. will make you so much better mm-hmm. as a data scientist. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and. Once, once people start thinking about being a, a leader, then they start thinking about um, structuring uh, and creating a great, a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are your, what are your views on, on how to do that and how mm-hmm. to structure and create a great data science team? Okay. So, uh, I discussed about the uh, consulting is the most difficult one, because, but that is the most needed one. So, uh, uh, because the, I said the uh, customer buying and model deployment to the customer uh, IT system is essential. I, I actually, actually I, I think I said that. Yes. I discussed that one. And, but saying that is easy, but actually doing that is difficult and it requires a lot of activities. And because that starts from the initial engagement of the understanding customer business issue and yeah, you should do the uh, translating the business issue to the data science issue. Mm-hmm. Actually, I discussed that one already, and yeah, we sh- you should solve it. And in ideal world, and data science should be able to do all this, but doing all this is difficult, right? Yes. So, however, uh, that's where team works comes in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, we need business consultant who can talk to the customer. And data science, in narrower sense, data science uh, should do the uh, uh, mathematics and computer science, which is uh, which itself is very difficult. <laughs> and also data engineering, uh, who can do the uh, uh, deploy data uh, science into the IT system. 
So actually, uh, we tell think with analytics, define those three roles. Three, uh, what is the three roles? Okay. So business consultant, that's one role, a data scientist, in narrower sense of data science, that's another role, and data engineer. Those are three roles. So uh, we need three roles always in every project, okay? Yes. So uh, uh, our company rule is the three roles always are, should be involved into the every data science project, okay? So this way uh, we structure the team to do the project uh, to the customer. Okay? Yes, mm. that's really good. Mm. Um, that's really good. Mm. And the, um, the people that come up to to the leadership positions within the team, mm. so um, maybe maybe at a principal mm. uh, level, mm. do they come from one background more than the other? Uh, what are or do they get get exposed to to the three areas, to the business consulting, data science, and data mm. engineering? Mm. Is there one area that they're more likely to come from? In fact, uh, this is my opinion. The principal data science should know all those three. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, because, because because they can uh, differentiate themselves, that's why they can get paid more money. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so that's my answer. They should that's know all, all those three. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. And um, as you, uh, for yourself, when you uh, became a, a director, mm-hmm. what do you see are some additional skills that are required from a princi- a level of a principal? to becoming a, a director. Hmm. Okay. So that's people skill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you should be nice. <laughs> yes. And you should understand the people. Hmm. So uh, this is soft skill. Uh, Japanese call it soft skill, uh, skill that cannot be described uh, in a uh, crisp manner. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, that yeah, uh, something that cannot be written in a resume. <laughs> so, so uh, handling the people uh, that is uh, the problem for a human being for a long time, yes. <laughs> and the uh, problem uh, we cannot solve uh, for for a long time. We can never solve uh, in, uh, forever. I think <laughs> in a perfect in a perfect sense, right? So, uh, uh, so that's. Uh, where uh, director differentiate from principal. Yes. So, uh, so uh, people management, actually negotiation uh, within company, negotiation with customer, and the, uh, talk to the uh, big audience. So uh, th- that is the additional responsibility on top of the uh, principal. Yeah. Uh, that's why I became the uh, director. So yes. uh, that's the another uh, factor. Yeah. Uh, that or another skills that you have have to have uh, yes. in order to be the director. The director, okay. definitely. Mm-hmm. And and you also mentioned before that you had to think long term mm. about uh, what the mm. well, what the team needs and what the customer mm. needs. Um, how how do you do that? How do you have a specific mm. ways to mm. to think about about future needs? Mm. Um, how do you do that in your role? Mm. So. Uh, Actually, I sometimes go to the uh, outside, how I say, conferences, yeah. or uh, we call it expo, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the conference expo, uh, you can see there are many uh, 
demos or many seminars. Uh, you have to pay some, but yeah, you can get yeah, a new uh, skill or new how I say trend mm -hmm. and that is happening uh, in the marketplace. And you can you can uh, you can get to know uh, what is happening in there. So that's one way. Uh, the another is the uh, think philosophically. Okay, so what has happened to the internet in ten years ago? So what has happened to the automobile uh, industry in hundred years ago? Mm. So uh, so that uh, lessons learned uh, in the past industry or internet is the ongoing industry. But the, uh, what is happening in the past to the, to the industry uh, could give us the uh, uh, another insight. Uh, because the, uh, that might be applied to in the uh, data science on AI industry that we have as an ongoing industry. Mm. So uh, what uh, actually what has happened to the in internet industry will apply to uh, to the uh, AI and the data science industry, I think, uh, because the uh, um, okay, I, I will discuss that one later because yeah. the uh, I think the uh, you asked the same question. Uh, yes, definitely. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, thank you, and. Mm -hmm. um, I also wanted to ask you what, um, going back to the the skill sets required at different levels mm. in an organization. Mm. Uh, so we spoke about the the principal and the director mm. level. What do you think are the skills required for the next level up, for I guess like an executive mm. uh, level mm. in in data science? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. That's if right. If I know that, I would be the same level. <laughs> 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 yes, and and when you look at people in that position that are that are good, uh, good executives, uh -huh. what what attributes uh, yeah. or what traits do you think that they yeah. have? Traits. Okay, very good question. Uh, in fact, uh, common traits. Uh, when I saw the uh, many uh, data science executives, uh, there is one thing. Okay, so uh, that is how I say. I would say it as a fever, okay? Okay. Uh, they were all feverish. Okay? Uh -huh. uh, they are very ambitious about uh, what uh, they are now heading and the, where they are heading and the, what they do. And the, they really breathed what they do yes. and the value they bring to the customer. Okay? So, uh, they have the uh, uh, very ambitions, feverish, and very active. Yes. Uh, so uh, they are very different in emotions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I have discussed about the uh, uh, about job level, staff, senior, principal, and director. Uh, what I have discussed about just yes, uh, skills, right? Yeah. Uh, skill, knowledge, and those things. But the uh, I haven't discussed about emotions, right? Mm. But the, uh, what differentiate from uh, this type of people, data science people, uh, from the uh, executive does the emotion. So, uh, so many ways to have the demo emotion: ambition, ambitious, feverish. That's one way. But yes. yeah, there might be another way, like the uh, very cool or very, how I say, uh, conservative. That may be the, another way, but the, uh, uh, but the uh, most signif significant feature that I saw was the uh, fever. 
yeah. uh, that they have in their heart mm-hmm. uh, the strength, uh, they believe that uh, the value uh, of the uh, data science that, that they bring to the customer. If they do not believe in, uh, they they think they they cannot bring the value to the customer. So I that so yes, I understand. Does that, that answer? Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. So you you see them that they have um, the that they they believe in data science so much, mm. and they have a a hunger and a desire mm. to to get it out into yeah. the world, yeah. and they want to be telling mm. people mm. about it mm. and making it mm. a reality. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Like. Columbus, right? Yes. Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. He was fever, feverish, and they were uh, ambitious, and yeah, they ha- he had a good desire, but the, uh, uh, he wasn't just smart, right? Yeah. Maybe he, he, he was stupid, right? yeah. <laughs> but he, he had the emotion, right? So uh, the, because of the emotion, he could uh, brought many people to on the board, mm. Uh, on the board of the ship, <laughs> yeah, and go to the uh, Atlantic, uh, onto the west, uh, west side, right? Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so the emotion uh, will be a very important thing that and that differentiate uh, from the normal from the normal people. <laughs> so yes. uh, that's my brief. Okay, ah, that's such a good example too. <laughs> yes, because he had to convince mm. you know the the king and the queen yeah. to give him the money yeah. to back him, yeah. and then he had to convince the people. Well, to do the journey, yeah, yes, and then make the journey. So he had to do all the yeah. all the different parts. Ah, such a good example. Yeah, maybe they died, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, and I guess the um, the the last couple of questions okay. are around the about challenges in mm. in data science. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, I'll ask you what what do you see as the the current challenges in mm-hmm. in Data science. Okay. So current challenges, uh, feature engineering. Okay. Have you heard mm. about feature engineering? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. So eighty percent of the modeling exercise is the data preparation, as okay. you might know, and that is still true. Okay. And most difficult part of the data preparation is feature engineering, and uh, that is that means the exact uh, extracting meaningful information from sheer amount of the data. That is the uh, feature ex- engineering. So extracting information, saying that is easy, but doing it requires industry domain knowledge. Nobody can automate it uh, at the moment. Yes. But if the automation is possible, then it frees up 80% of the data science exercises, right? So speed gain or productivity gain is huge, right? Because eighty percent of the old activity is free, right? Mm. So, so initial automation trial is done everywhere, but that is just a trial, yes. trial, trial, trial. But <laughs> but someday that will be really possible. So, uh, so challenge. So everybody, not only myself, but everybody uh, face the challenge, same challenge that is feature engineering. So that is the challenge that data science as an industry mm. should solve uh, now. Yes. Okay. But if if we are successful, then uh, data science as an industry uh, can become more efficient, more productive, and more successful. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And do you think that at the moment there's been some progress made mm-hmm. on on that problem, on the feature engineering problem? 
do you see ways that it's becoming more efficient or being a little bit easier to do? Yes, so, uh, I said uh, there is there are some trials. So for so for example, uh, in Tokyo University, some uh, professor say yeah. <laughs> uh, he 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 could uh, uh, he's uh, created a solution that automated the uh, future engine uh, in any type of the data. Uh-huh. Um, I think that is dubious. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Academy, uh, academy people sometimes say that kind of thing. But yeah, but yeah, in industry too, uh, some company uh, say they have the tool to automate the all the feature engineering. I think yeah, there have been some cases where the uh, uh, feature engineering automation has been successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is, I think the. Uh, uh, just one example or one or two examples. Uh, there should be many uh, cases where uh, that was uh, simply uh, failure. <laughs> okay, so uh, sometimes uh, that is successful, but sometimes not. Uh, so we have to have the uh, uh, clear formula that is uh, that applies to everywhere, or that applies to some certain cases mm-hmm. where uh, automation applies. Yes, and certain cases of automation doesn't apply. So we we sh- we should be clear uh, where automation apply or where uh, it doesn't. Okay. Yes. So uh, uh, if uh, we are very clear about that one, uh, then uh, that tool or that uh, way of doing the uh, feature engineering will be uh, free variant. Okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, how do you think that? Um, what or what are some ways that you think uh, that problem can be tackled? The the feature engineering automation, mm. uh, as in, for example, uh, some people see it as feature engineering being a bunch of um, of almost rules that people follow. Mm. You know that whenever, for example, you get a date, mm. uh, you separate it into the day, the month, mm. the year, the day of the week, <laughs> mm-hmm. day of the month, uh, and doing those transformations. Mm. So what, what are some ways that you think um, feature engineering can be automated uh, in, in the future or in the long run? Do you think it's by collecting the rules of lots of different mm-hmm. people, for example, in a yeah. team? Or do you think that there's other ways that could yeah. be done? Yeah. Um, I think yeah, you should have the industry domain knowledge. Uh-huh. So for example, uh, I, I will tell you about the example about the automobile uh, project that I did yes. in the past. So. Uh, so automobile project, okay. So uh, that was the uh, IoT data in the factory in order to predict the uh, failure rate on the next day uh, in the factory. Wow. So that was the uh, painting process, yes. in fact. So when uh, the customer told us uh, as the uh, um, conver- conventional wisdom, uh, wh- uh, wh- what is the case where we have the uh, more uh, frequent uh, failure uh, in painting process. Uh, customer answer was this. Okay, so when the car uh, is changed uh, from the one p.m. to two p.m., then uh, at the timing of the change, uh, the immediately after the timing of the change, the error rate will be higher. Hmm. Okay, so that's the domain knowledge. Yes. So actually, 
having those uh, information from the customer, uh, we thought about how we express using the data uh, the timing of the color change, right, uh, mm -hmm. from the uh, IoT data. So uh, uh, actually, that information, that feature engineering, yeah. uh, gives us a lot of the advantages or a lot of the uh, good data, good information in order for us to pre uh, accurately predict the future of the error rate. Mm -hmm. See, so right, so uh, that's the example. But seeing the IoT data of the factory, does that give us the answer? I don't think so. Mm. No. Right. So, so uh, we you have to have the uh, comment or otherwise from the customer, right? The uh, change of the color will be the uh, very important factor to predict. So that's that's the information, very important uh, information from them. So that's why I said domain knowledge is important yes. to do the future engineering, right? Definitely. So, okay, coming back to your uh, question, okay? What is important uh, important thing to do the future engineering? So uh, my answer was the uh, domain knowledge of the industry. So uh, getting uh, many industry knowledge uh, on the table mm -hmm. and put uh, make the uh, uh, rule uh, out of the domain knowledge and apply the rule to the data. So because this is the uh, uh, automobile, so automobile domain knowledge. Uh, feature engineering should be applied to the uh, that kind of uh, uh, IoT data. So if that is the telecommunication sector, different rule. Yes. Banking sector, different rule. Okay. So uh, uh, that's why the feature engineering is very difficult. Yes. Okay. So, but uh, that's how we can build the uh, automation of the feature engineering. Mm. Okay. If you get the uh, enough amount of the uh, domain knowledge from the uh, all the industries. Yes. Then you can apply to the knowledge to the data and you might be, uh, you might have more chance uh, to have automation just by putting the data on, on the bucket. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. Mm. That's really good. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Um, and last, uh, yeah. la last question I mm. wanted to ask you, what, what do you see as the, uh, what's coming up? Do you mm. think what's in, in the future mm. of of data science? Okay. Um, what what do you see there? Okay. I think future already happens. Mm -hmm. I believe that this is my belief. The winner of technology is not technology creator, but winner of the technology is the technology user. That's my belief. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for take internet for example, for Google. And Facebook, they are winners, right? Okay. Their key contribution was not building the network, but uh, their key contribution was helping people better use the network, right? Mm. So, the so, uh, same thing applies to data science. So, uh, technology user will be the winner. So, the uh, provide the best way to do that will be the winner, right? So. Uh, so that applies to AI. So AI champion will be the one who help people better use AI. So my example would be this. So my example is robot technology, mm -hmm. which Japan is very good at. Yes. Okay. So in Japan, uh, it is said that supply of work, supply of workforce will become much less than workforce demand. 
we are we have the aging population, right? Yes. So, so <coughs> and I believe that the yeah, <coughs> root, sorry, <coughs> I'm sorry, robot technology can become uh, can help resolve the issue of uh, issue of the uh, workforce shortage. Mm. So, Japanese are reluctant to have immigrants, but they are okay with robots mm. living within their houses and working within their offices. Yes. So they are okay with that. So this could be the Japanese way of using technology. And when the usage is everywhere, then that will contribute to the society. So that's the way we use a technology of AI. Yes. And that will be the way we can win. Exactly. Every, everybody can win. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because mm-hmm. everyone would be getting mm-hmm. uh, the value. That's mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've definitely seen that uh, Japan is, is so advanced on, on robotics. Mm-hmm. Um, having, I guess, the, um, the robots that are most, I think they're called androids, the ones mm-hmm. that look mm-hmm. most, most like humans mm-hmm. with... You know, uh, the ones like Asimo and yeah. uh, ones that were... You can find a robot in fa- car factory, for example. Yes. So um, almost all of the uh, uh, car manufacturing process, uh, I think the more than 90%, I think, uh, is robot- by robots. Okay? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and how do you see uh, machine learning and AI being, um, I guess, connected or being put into, into the robotic... Um, robotic manufacturing and the creation of, of robots. Mm, mm, Do you see that coming in a lot? So for example, uh, 70-year-old 70, 70 old man, Yes. take that kind of man, uh, can, he, can he actually bring the uh, uh, very heavy load? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. But the, uh, if you can uh, use the robot and sustain the uh, arm or sustain the uh, legs mm. and they move automatically or they move the way uh, the guy would like to do yes then uh, that will help uh, the old guy uh, bring heavy road and the, uh, he can work in the uh, very tough conditions in the factory something like that yes. so this way uh, that robot technology would help uh, that old guy mm. uh, still work in uh, heavy condition, like uh, tough condition, like in factory or like in the uh, uh, container or uh, in many places, right? Correct. So, uh, so, uh, this way, uh, you can increase the supply of workforce and that sustain the economy. That's yeah. right, yeah. exactly. Mm. In that case, with a, with a robotic exoskeleton, mm. that can help them mm. uh, stay mobile and, and move, move weight. Mm. Um, and but do you see do you see machine learning and artificial intelligence mm. being uh, mixed with the with the robots do you mm. see it being uh, blended with with new robot technology or do you see mm. that they're um, separate at the moment or do you see them more more mm. together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, that will be brand i think uh-huh. okay so uh, robot uh, you shouldn't say robot, mm-hmm. but you should say robots. <laughs> so, yes. uh, so many robots can work together collaboratively. So uh-huh. uh, one robot uh, work in the, uh, some part in the uh, factory uh, that can uh, collaborate with another robot and yes. the, uh, how uh, 
So one robot, so let's say robot A, robot B, robot A can see how uh, robot B moves and yeah, detect what robot B is now trying to do. Yes. And yeah, if there's something, uh, then robot A uh, go to the uh, site of the robot B and help robot B doing something. Yes. So uh, uh, that's where uh, yeah, image analytics or uh, many uh, type of the machine learning comes in. Uh, to uh, enable that kind of a scenario. So that's right. So, so that's the uh, no, one old example. Yeah, uh, exactly. That, the technology brand. Okay. that mm. is very, very, very exciting. Mm. Very mm. exciting. And it's definitely yeah, something that Japan does so well. Uh, so yes, I'm very excited to see what, um, what new products come, mm. come out of this geography. Mm. Uh, Tak, I wanted to thank you so much for this. Thank it's you. It's been really, really great. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing your time, your knowledge, and all your experiences with us. I really, really appreciate it. It's been. A I myself enjoyed this discussion, and yeah, I appreciate the, uh, your interview. I'm coming to my office. <laughs> Definitely. And, yeah, looking forward to uh, hearing this open podcast. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. Thank you very much for your time. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as Data Futurology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.